Hi, I'm Dan Gooding, and you are listening to the second episode of The Immigrant Fiancé. After nearly two years, many tourists and loved ones can enter the United States once again, but the border closure has meant double the heartbreak for those waiting for a fiancé visa. It was a very slow, sort of dawning that this is actually going to affect us in a major way. In today's episode, I'll be looking at the impact the travel ban has had on the K-1 process, hearing from those who fought to bring people together again. We found documentation that the K-1s are being treated worse than everybody else, not the same as everybody else. And trying to see what the near future looks like for those whose relationships are still on hold. I hope that this episode shows how love really can take on a government and win and that relationships can endure such enforced separation. So let's get stuck in. Welcome to The Immigrant Fiancé. In 2019, over 41,000 K-1 visas were issued. COVID was sort of like the perfect storm for them because uh, they had the ability at that point to say, we're just going to use this power now to start banning wholesale uh, categories of people. So... um, They introduced non-immigrant and immigrant visa bans. Yeah, then COVID hit. That's Greg Siskind, an immigration lawyer who has been working tirelessly through the past two years to fight the bans and slowdowns caused by the pandemic. But in my conversation with him, he told me things were tough for immigrants, including K-1s, long before 2020. We had Trump, which, you know, pre-COVID, they were basically trying to... uh, mess around with the immigration system as much as possible. So um, the big thing that you have experienced, but it's not readily apparent, but you've been living it, is the stuff that started in the Trump administration well before COVID started. For example, um, they really made life miserable for foreign service officers and all kinds of demoralizing changes that were made in that. And I don't know what the percentage, I think I had heard some like half of the Foreign Service basically resigned uh, and left yes. during the, uh, the Trump years. So it's a crazy a sudden, amount. Yeah. So all of a sudden you have a lot fewer officers that are available to adjudicate visas and then COVID comes along and like makes it even worse. But that was very, very disruptive. But it was also kind of like the plan with the Trump administration is when people leave, were leaving, not to replace them because they just, their agenda was to make immigrating to the U.S. either temporarily or permanently as unattractive as possible. Greg said long processing times and bringing in social media account checks, even just for a visitor visa, were some of those ways to put people off coming to the USA. But COVID definitely slowed things down even more. Remember that 41,000 figure from 2019? Well, in 2020, the number of fiancé visas issued dropped to 16,849. That's a huge difference. Why? Well, the travel ban President Trump brought in essentially brought immigration to a halt, not just for fiancés, but for others waiting for permission to enter the States. The reason K-1s pretty much stopped being processed was because they were not exempt from the travel ban imposed on China, the EU, UK and other parts of the world the US government saw as a threat when it came to COVID-19. But Greg said that didn't feel right to him. And in that document... They said K-1s are being deprioritized, that you should not be working on K-1 applications. You should put that at the bottom of the pile and be focusing on uh, spouses of U.S. citizens first 
and then all these others. And then K1s were like at the very bottom, which was interesting and is also illegal. And K1s are supposed to be treated in all respects like spouses of US citizens in terms of the way that they're, that they're handled. So when we found sort of this smoking gun document in there, we figured out that, that there's a case to be made here. Well, I was one of those people left without any idea where my case would be processed. My husband actually filed our case just before the US shutdown in March 2020. And then our case just sat in an office or somewhere. And we weren't alone. So pre-COVID, uh, doing the K-1 visa appeared to be a lot shorter. You know, the estimate times were about seven months. You know, then you would have 90 days to get married. So at the time, it seemed the most convenient way. Roxy was one of the others in the UK left wondering. Initially, we didn't think that it was affecting us because we were so early on. And we thought that, you know, the pandemic will be over by the time, you know, we get to the, the US CIS stage or whatever. But then it, when it became apparent that, you know, things were actually shutting down, it was just, it was very stressful because we just didn't know. And I think that, you know, my husband, he's a very positive person. So he'd be like, when Trump is like, comes out of presidency, it's gonna, everything's gonna go back to normal. And, you know, when Biden comes in power, it's all gonna change. Well, love is not tourism was the hashtag which started trending on social media. People were not happy at all that they were being treated differently for no apparent reason. Greg told me they used that to start building a case. And then of course we were hearing from K1 applicants because there were lots of people that were very active on social media uh, that were advocating for litigation in that space and for you know for and, and for pushing in that space and you know so once we saw once we had the evidence from the Acker case that something really was happening with fiance visas then we connected with some of the folks on social media and that's how we eventually got the Milligan case filed. As Greg and others in his team started working on the Milligan versus Pompeo case they uncovered more detail on how K1s were being held back. They made two arguments initially one which fought Section 212F from the Immigration Act. That was used to enact the Muslim ban pre-COVID and gave President Trump the tools to block others from entering the US if it's in the national interest. The Trump administration used 212F to stop visas from being issued, even though that section of the law doesn't actually allow that. Here's Greg again. CDC said they didn't want anybody coming into the US that had been one of these countries in the last 14 days. So, you know, most people would say, okay, I'll just go someplace else for 14 days and then I can enter from there. But the State Department um, had been taking this position that, uh, no, that means we don't have to issue a visa at all. So it's effectively a ban for the entirety of this travel ban um, from you coming into the United States because we're not even going to let you get a visa. That was so the first issue that we challenged is, Where's the word visa in Section 212F? How are you, uh, you know, figuring out that you have that kind of power to ban issuing visas, particularly when somebody can get around the travel ban so easily by going someplace else for 14 days? Where is that in the law? That was issue number one. Issue number two was we just said these cases are being unreasonably delayed. So Milligan versus Pompeo saw its first round of plaintiffs take their case forward. And the judge agreed that visas were being unreasonably delayed. People from all around the world were on that list, meaning they could get their cases moved forward at their local embassy. 
Meanwhile, the dates for the border reopening or visas getting processed got pushed back again and again at the end of 2020. And things felt more and more uncertain for everyone waiting for progress on their visa. It was really stressful. I think it was starting to dawn on me that I'm not going to get my visa until this is completely over. And that was very kind of upsetting because we were in a sort of hopeless position. We couldn't do anything. There was literally nothing we could do at that point. That lawsuit was so successful that another round was announced in late 2020, especially for those in countries subject to travel bans. Greg told me that there were 150 in the first round, getting up to 900 couples by the third round, which happened in early 2021. This was the one Roxy and her partner joined, and so did we. I was ready and I was, I basically said to my partner, we have to do this. Like, you know, I, I need to do this. This is the only way that I can see us being together this year. Well, as of now, around 850 got their cases through an amazing number and such a relief for those on that list. In the end, the woman was sort of like, yeah, you're approved. You'll get your visa in 10 days or whatever. And it was just like the relief. I don't know, I kind of wanted to jump up and scream and like hug her through the glass. Like it was such an amazing moment. Um, And especially of the tense sort of questioning just before, it was kind of like made it even more (laughs) excitable for me when it was actually approved. Yeah. But then in October, the case was overturned. Another judge determined that as many people as possible had benefited from the action and that the State Department's arguments were valid. But for Greg and his colleagues, the work isn't over. What does it mean for for you guys to kind of have worked on this? Obviously, like you say, it's it's probably a bit of a um, a different one to normal. A huge number of people that have been able to at least get approval, or you know, even get here and be be married by now in those in those few months. Oh, I mean, I would, actually, we love the 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 stories that we've heard from people, and you know, it's very it's it's pretty gratifying when uh, when you know when you when you see these folks that you've worked with that have been really through the ringer as far as uh, what they've had to deal with from their immigrant, and then when they get here and they you know we see the pictures being posted and they send the nice thank you notes and uh, to us and um even the t-shirts uh <laughs> that we got with the name i haven't got one of the t-shirts i have to say a, but i love it it was probably a first to uh for lawyers to actually get t-shirts celebrating a, a piece of litigation uh on there but um yeah no it's been a real kick they are continuing to fight through smaller lawsuits targeting specific embassies and helping individuals as they would in non-covid times so what's the hope now Will it be worth going down the K-1 route still? There is a backlog of around 500,000 cases waiting at the National Visa Centre to head to the embassies at time of recording. So that doesn't even include those files sitting on desks in consulates around the world and the couples those represent left without answers. Greg told me things could change post-pandemic though. I think backlog reduction is going to be the name of the game for a while and what, you know, what procedures that they can take to uh, speed that up. So uh, more officers, more video interviewing are probably the main way I think that they are going to do it. Another option we could see is allowing people applying for the visa to enter the US and wait if their paperwork is all in order, and that would take pressure off embassies. So what now? As of November 2021, the borders have reopened in the States. Things are starting to get going again. 
with those potential changes on the way too, is getting the K1 still worth it? Greg told me it's still really hard to tell. He would advise people to go down the spousal route if they can. So get married elsewhere and then apply for the visa. But sometimes circumstances don't allow for that. For now, the K-1 route is still slow, but it could be the only way to make it work for you as a couple. So I guess that's why I'm here, to explore the K-1 process some more with you, to talk about each stage and help you along the way. Next time, we're going to start at the beginning with the first load of paperwork. It sounds really dull, I know, but it's the first step to getting to the US and being together. I look forward to speaking with you next time on The Immigrant Fiancé.